and welcome to the Travel Project Podcast, Episode 2. I'm Matt. And I'm Katie. And today we're going to your homeland, Katie. We're off to Canada. Oh, Canada. (laughs) The Travel Project, hosted by your travel guides, Matt and Katie Coyle. Taking you on a journey to some of the hottest holiday destinations, giving you the ultimate travel tips and the latest news and deals while you sit back and relax. Thanks to NIB, travel insurance to help you on your way. Canada does mean a lot to us. We've been many times uh, taking our family across. I mean, I'm biased, but it's probably one of my favourite places in the world. (laughs) The Canadians are just an amazing Amazing bunch of people and the polite. Nice. Nice. Nice, eh? <laughs> nice, eh? <laughs> Today's about Canada. We will also be touching on Alaska because there's no borders up there for when it comes to the wildlife. It's an absolutely stunning part of the world. There's so much on offer. First and foremost is how do we get there? More than likely we're flying. <laughs> what, are you going to swim? <laughs> yeah, you can cruise. Let's touch on that. Let's touch on cruising. Huge cruise season over there for the Inside Passage, which we were very lucky to experience. We did. Vancouver to Alaska. That was pretty amazing. So we find the ships and there's many, many ships that, that, that do that passage. A lot of the time, seven nights up or down or return trip. Uh, so these ships would normally make their way into uh, into Vancouver to start the season around about April and they'll be there till around about September because it's too cold for, for the ships. They're not going to um, be there year round. The iced over. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're on an expedition, that's a completely different ballpark. But a lot of these ships, once they uh, finish with their season, well, they, they start coming down to Australia. So what a great opportunity to actually... Get on one of the ships that's ending the season here. You know, think it's it's average weather in April that the ships are done. They're going to to Canada where where the sun's coming up, and uh, so there are chances to do a, a cruise and some twenty odd days, uh, depending on on the journey. You can make your way from generally Sydney, touching on New Zealand, New, Tahiti, Hawaii. You don't need to do the long flight, and you can still make your way there uh, later on in the year around September. A lot of the ships are coming back. So that's a good little wild card. Why not? Flying. In in the past, pre-COVID, we did from Melbourne have direct flights with Air Canada. That has stopped temporarily. So that's not an option. Some of the great airlines that you could be flying from Australia, it is still Air Canada departing from Brisbane direct to um, Vancouver and Sydney. You can stop over in Hawaii with Hawaiian Airlines. You can go through... Uh, West Coast USA and uh, connect via San Francisco or LA. But another easy one from Melbourne is uh, New Zealand. They're, they're great, great option to fly from here, Auckland, and then straight up. So Air Canada is uh, is very, very accessible for us. And um, so this beautiful part of the world is accessible at really any any time of year. Now talk about any time of year. We, we did experience the, the depths of winter. Amazing, but so cold at the same time. Another another thing that we do get asked is um, when is a, a good time to go? And I'm very, very excited uh, later on in, in today's episode, we are chatting with Nathan, who has been working uh, with various companies under Canada Tourism for 28 years. So he's got the best time to go and the best places to see. But again, everybody's got their own, own little... Uh, uh, ideas of, of when a good time to go is. And I think when we think Canada, we think the mountains, we think snow, we think skiing. We think Christmas. We think Christmas. We love Christmas. Call me Mrs. Claus. It's magical. The the carols, the decorations, just the atmosphere. And one of our favourite places 
for Christmas in Canada is Quebec City. Quebec is something out of a Charles Dickens novel, A Christmas Carol. It's so hard to explain. It It's not mocked up and fake like a, a, a tourism hotspot. It, it's authentically stunning. It's real. With snow, the Christmas trees and the carolers. It is just absolutely out of this world. And, and I'd love to add some links to show you where because you need to be down in downtown. Well, Matt, later on. I'm going to talk to you about the best place to stay in Quebec City. For Christmas? For Christmas. For Christmas. All righty, can't wait for that. Other things we're going to be talking about is you can't do Canada without going to Alaska. I totally agree. Alaska is, it's something that I, you can't, you can't, it's, it's insane. Lost for words. <laughs> <I'm> lost for <laughs> words. And, and it is what it is. It's, it's magical. It's, it's everywhere you look, it's beautiful and all the 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 wildlife the bears the eagles in the sky the the little deer the baby deer out on a cruise heading into the national parks in the wilderness it's it's not hard to, to spot the the whales and the bears and definitely the bald eagles they, they were everywhere which was quite surprising so i'm very excited that on today's show we've got anastasia joining us from holland america and she's going to be talking about why holland america is the cruise line to cruise from Canada into Alaska. They love Alaska and they have grandfather vibes. So we'll be touching on that later on in the show. Coming up next, we'll meet Nathan McLaughlin from Destination Canada. Cool fact or a fun fact that not a lot of people can get their head around, particularly out of Australia, is that you can actually get lobster at McDonald's in that part of the world. And soon, Katie will tell you about the most photographed hotel in the world. So this is the most majestic place to stay in Quebec City. It's the Fairmont Le Chateau Frontenac. And can I tell you, it is incredible. All that and more coming up on The Travel Project for NIB. Travel insurance to help you on your way. Nothing beats the feeling of travel. The first step off the plane, salt water on your skin sand beneath your toes, a drink in your hand, the list goes on. NIB wants you to enjoy the best parts of travel and help you through any unexpected bumps in the road, whether you're travelling up the coast or overseas. For travel insurance designed for today's travellers, go to nib.com.au slash travel well. NIB, travel insurance to help you on your way. Always read the PDS and TMD at nib.com.au slash travel well to consider if this product is right for you. Insurance issued by Pacific International Insurance. Okay, talking all things Canada, if we're planning a trip, who better to speak with somebody than our next guest, Nathan McLaughlin. Nathan is currently and has been working for 14 years with Destination Canada, the tourism board. Prior to that, an additional 10 years with a Canadian alpine ski wholesaler and even uh, working for Travel Alberta. So to talk things all Canada, where to go, what we can do and what to visit, I'd like to welcome Nathan. Nathan, welcome. Thanks, Matt. Great to be here. Let's kind of get a little bit of an insight into um, your last trip to Canada. My last trip to Canada was in May and we were in Toronto for a conference, but we were lucky enough to do a post trip after that. And I was sent off to about as far east as you can go to the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. We were in the fjords uh, in Grossmoor National Park. We were chasing down icebergs as big as buildings, uh, learning about the Viking presence uh, at the top of the island there. 
Uh, and I just love that place. A big Irish influence. Uh, it's about as far east as you can get, but definitely worth the trip if anyone can get over that, that part of Canada. I'm so glad you're kind of talking about east because it's so easy for people when travelling to Canada to focus on Vancouver, Vancouver Island and uh, and the Rockies, but there's so much more to see and there's so much more to do. Don't get me wrong, Vancouver and the Rockies and Whistler and Victoria are just amazing places in themselves. But what we find is when we tell people the things you can do while you're there, doing those key bucket items list, they just aren't aware of how easy it is to combine them with those uh uh, uh, experiences and hopefully we can touch on a few of them today. Yeah, hundred percent. Now I've I've been in the travel game for fifteen years. I've been to Canada a, a handful of times. I've I've seen various regions, but twenty eight years working solely focusing on Canada. You've surely got some tips and tricks that that no one's probably heard of or seen before. So that's what I really wanted to yeah. ha- have you on today. And I thought, all right, Nathan, we've we've got a month. Let's just say a month and. Why not? Money's no object. We don't necessarily need to splurge, but let's no no holds barred. A month in Canada, what will we do and where will we go? Probably the perfect amount of time if if you've got it, because uh, we have to remember that Canada is the second largest country in the world, and it does sometimes take a little bit of time to get from place to place. The effort is definitely worth it. Uh, when we spoke about this prior to prior to today, it was about for me trying to find the best time to go. And if I really think about it, I think that September, October period is a really cool time to go for a number of reasons. First of all, it's what that we call that shoulder period. So gigs aren't as quite as expensive, uh, you know, that, and that includes flights, but accommodation, it's out of that peak summer period or that, that peak Christmas period. All of a sudden, we're, we're on a, a good wicket there as far as price goes. Then uh, I look at some of the, the key bucket list items that we can really tick off at that time of year. If we start in British Columbia, for example, because generally that's where most of us would land into Vancouver being the gateway, we can go up to the bear lodges and, and see the grizzly bears in that September, October period, hunting for salmon. Oh, uh, been lucky enough. my bucket list. You've done it yourself, have you? Yeah, I've been lucky enough to do it a few times. And there's uh, BC has some amazing fly-in, fly-out lodges that you cannot access either other than by seaplane or boat. And you're the only place out in these wilderness lodges. And each day, well, twice a day, you go out to see the bears. September, October is the peak time to see them because they're out in the rivers and the estuaries eating the salmon. They are amazing. So I, I highly recommend that. Is there a lodge... Or a couple of lodges. What are a couple that we, we could maybe add some links down below so so listeners can have a have a look. Spirit Bear Lodge is one that comes to mind. It's really cool. It's run by uh, First Nation or Indigenous um, communities. Um, so you're actually getting to to see the bears as well as learn about that Indigenous culture. The cool place, the cool thing about that place is that, that it's the one area where you get to see the the spirit bear or the Komodi bear, which is it's essentially a black bear with a, um, and I'm going to get this wrong, but the regenerative gene. So it actually looks white. Right. Um, yeah. So, but it is a black bear as such. So and you'll see mum, a black bear mum with a white cub and a, and a black cub. Well, so okay. um, it's pretty much, I'm pretty sure it's the only place in the world you get to see that those bears. So it's that's like one that comes to mind. A polar bear or something is in the wrong spot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Great Bear Lodge is another favourite of mine, which I've, I've had the pleasure of going to. It's actually partly owned by an Aussie expat Melbourneian, 
um, who's been up there for a long time now, and uh, she's a great host, and I can highly recommend that place. Uh, Night Inlet Lodge is another one. Uh, so they're, they're probably the most prominent ones. Amazing. Okay, so we're, we're kind of setting setting the picture. We, we're heading off in September, October. It's a time of year. We're going to start by ticking off a bucket list and we're going to see the grizzlies eating salmon. We've got a few lodges that we're flying out to remotely. Yeah. Now, where else are we going? Uh, I think from there I would head north to either the Yukon or Northwest Territories because September is a great time to see the Northern Lights. And we constantly are hearing that Northern Lights or Aurora Borealis is high on the bucket list for, for Australian travellers. And we're really trying to educate the, the Australian travellers that Canada is actually the best place to see them. Now, yeah, no one really thinks of Canada. I think it's so easy to think Scandinavia, Iceland, you know, that's the place to see it. Mm-hmm. But Canada has, is it the highest number of nights per year? Yeah, places like Northwest Territories run at over 200 nights a year of seeing the lights. And I know in the peak times, they're running at a 95% success rate of seeing the lights over a three-night package. So it is uh, the best place to see them hands down. I've seen them both in in the Yukon and and Northwest Territories. And and there are so many different ways you could do them uh, as far as staying in remote lodges and just looking out your window to uh, going out um, and hunting for them, uh, bike rides. If you do go in winter, you can do dog sled rides to go and see them, wow. uh, snowmobile tours to go and see them. Definitely uh, Canada's the best place to see them and, and would highly recommend it for anyone interested in that in that experience. All right, you're painting a good picture here. We've seen the Grizzlies. We've seen the, the Northern Lights. We're still, As you yeah. said, we still got to head out <laughs> east of yeah, where we're going next. Absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. I then would probably head down into Alberta. You know, the Rockies is absolute on everyone's bucket list and should be visited. But there's a little place that's still technically part of the Rockies, and and it's south of, of the usual suspects, is in in Banff and Lake Louise and Jasper, and it's right on the border of the U.S. Before you head into Montana. And it's called Waterson Lakes National Park. And if anyone out there wants to experience the Rockies, but maybe with not so many people uh, and in a, in a more unique and, um, I guess, one-on-one way, you know, you can really get your hands dirty and get out and do some great walks and there's lots of wildlife around, not as many people, there's kayaking, all sorts of experiences you can have there. And there's actually an experience that you go out onto the lake on the cruise boat and if you take your passport with you, you can actually go and hike into Montana for the day and come back on the, right. on the boat back. So, so the um, customs just cool. sitting on the shore, are they, in the States? <laughs> just- yeah. There's a, well, there's a little park ranger who sits there in a, in a shack yeah. and, and stamps the passport as you head in. I've not done that portion. I've certainly done the cruise, uh, the little uh, lake cruise that uh, drops you down and, and then brings you back. It is for someone who's doing a self-drive itinerary, I'd highly recommend it because you're getting that amazing mountain experience but uh, a little bit more secluded. It is so easy to drive. The roads are wide and long and traffic is not an issue. When we were there, we were driving around. We we actually saw black bear and bison and elk and moose. So, And because you are remote, 
they are around. And the and, moose is uh, huge. It, I've, I've seen an image of a moose that looked the size of a bus next to a car. Yeah, they are, they are big creatures, and I don't think Aussies who haven't seen before are necessarily fully across how big those <laughs> things <prepared>. are. But, <laughs> Amazing. All right, okay, just we're outdoors a lot. I love that, and I love that, <laughs> that about Canada. It's what it's all about. Yeah, and then uh, we'd have to get back to Winnipeg and then we could either continue on the train or, or again fly, but uh, we're heading into what we call Eastern Canada, which is really Ontario and Quebec. Uh, and October is a great time to go there for the fall colours. They are spectacular uh, in that area. And again, self-drive is a great way to get out there and experience uh, those amazing orange, yellows and red colours that they have every year. What is it that, that you would recommend that uh, we would have to eat whilst we're in Canada? If I'm in Quebec, you can't go past poutine. Yeah, yeah I was um, waiting for that. Love it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a staple uh, for anyone, particularly after a big night. Um, and if you don't know what poutine is, it's basically French fries uh, with gravy and, and cheese curd, uh, so a great hangover cure. But um, it, it's uh, it's a, a something that all Aussies must go and try. And if you're going to do it, you can get it right throughout Canada, but Quebec is the home of it, and that, that's the best place to have it for sure. Is there any place that you'd recommend, regardless of where it is in Canada, that mm. that we could eat or drink or the best bar or it's just, just a little hid, hidden gem? You know what? My, my hidden gem when it comes to, to eating is really the Atlantic provinces as a whole because in my mind it's the seafood capital of the world. It, it, the seafood there is plentiful lobster by the millions it is so cheap to eat lobster there and this is a really cool cool fact or a fun fact that not a lot of people can get their head around particularly out of australia is that you can actually get lobster at mcdonald's in that part of the world they have it's called the mclobster and it's essentially a lobster roll it's fresh lobster on on a bun nathan you've painted an amazing picture i think it's just it's so easy now for for all the potential Canadian travellers to decide on when they're going, take little bits of that ultimate itinerary or why not do it all. Thank you for, for sharing all those little hidden tidbits with us today. Absolutely loved it. And, uh, yeah, we can't wait to get to Canada. Thanks, Matt. From a week in Bali to a month in Europe, NIB Travel Insurance can offer cover for your overseas adventures. Katie, earlier on in the show, we were talking Christmas in Canada and most importantly, Christmas in Quebec. There was one hotel in particular that you wanted to share with us. Yes. So this is the most majestic place to stay in Quebec City. It's the Fairmont Le Chateau Frontenac. And can I tell you, it is incredible. It has breathtaking views of the St. Lawrence River. It's perched up high, but this hotel has so much history and so much like character and at Christmas time it just comes alive. The Fairmont properties in Canada are absolutely out of this world but this one stands out and there's something about this hotel that fastapies every other. They have thought about everything. They'll even unpack your suitcase for you. They do. Bit weird but <laughs> yeah. they did that. Tiny, tiny bit weird. But something really cool uh, and it comes out in the, the winter months is the toboggan slide. It's one of the most popular attractions and one of the oldest attractions. This thing goes 
like up to 70 kilometers an hour. It is so fast. 1884 they built that. And like we put our two-year-old on it uh, and we didn't know it went that fast. No, 70 kilometres an hour. You can imagine <laughs> it's, it's, it's an old sled with walls of ice, probably an inch from your knuckles and a little bit of rope. And it's cold. It's <laughs> minus 16 degrees, I think, when we were there. So the wind at 70 k's an hour, is it makes for an amazing experience. Um, but one of the other things that the uh, Fairmont has um, is you can catch a cable car down from the hotel down into uh, old Quebec City. And this is where we met Santa Claus. This, this um, was the most magical place I think I've been to in, in my life. You just picture the snow falling and uh, you hear the jingle bells in the background and you see Santa ho-hoing in the distance and all the Christmas trees are decorated and there's just lights everywhere and people walking with hot chocolates and it's just incredible. And it's so easy. The carolers singing in French really takes it to another level. What was amazing is at temperatures of minus 16, you've got snow and you've got ice. And so I think many of our listeners, I, I was worried, you know, falling over ice, it's it's not fun and it's going to, it's going to um, you know, make for an interesting holiday. But it's so easy there because you can come out of your hotel and it's only about 20 metres away, entrance to this cable car, and it's going to take you down to Christmas. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Christmas. If it's a spot, it's Christmas. It's taking you inside the depths of a Christmas tree. Yeah, that's right. So uh, if you're staying in Quebec City, I highly recommend, recommend, I'm turning French. French, I recommend the Fairmonts. Uh, it's just breathtaking. Fairmont Le Chateau Fontenac. When heading off on holidays, there's one thing travellers should consider and it has nothing to do with your in-flight entertainment. It's arranging a travel insurance policy to protect against the unexpected. As someone who's travelled to 61 countries, I want to know that if things go pear-shaped, whether it's injury, sickness, cancelled flight, stolen luggage or even COVID, I have cover available. That's why NIB Travel Insurance offers a range of plans for both domestic and overseas travel. They understand it's your holiday, so they make the whole travel insurance thing easy from buying it through making the claim. NIB, travel insurance to help you on your way. Always read the PDS and TMD at nib.com.au slash travel well to consider if this product is right for you. Insurance issued by Pacific International Insurance. On to some hot news or, or, or hot gossip at the moment. There's a, a bit of an airline war brewing uh, out of Auckland and that's between Air New Zealand and Qantas on the direct Auckland to New York route. Now, Air New Zealand announced and, and started flying in September of this year, the direct 16 hours or so flight across, uh, across avoiding Los Angeles or San Francisco. So it's been really uh, quite appealing to the traveller wanting to reduce their, their time and connections on the ground. In addition to that that new route, they've actually announced something that isn't going to be retrofitted on the aircraft until 2024, but it's called the Skype Nest. Now, in New Zealand have always been quite innovative in the way we, we travel and, and, and changing up their seats. Quite a few years ago, they released the Sky Couch, and this was a function that allowed you to either book with, normally with kids, or you could, a bit squishy as a couple, effectively block an entire row with leg rest that would actually turn the seat into a, a bed. 
quite comfortable for an adult and a couple of kids or, or stretching out. Two adults as well or one adult, you've, you've got to have a bed. They realise that no other airlines are really doing this. They're, they're not really, you know, they're, they're coming up with the plans, but they're not rolling it out. So Air New Zealand have been doing that for quite some time. Now, their new Skynest allows people to sleep and book for not the entire journey. The, the, the initial talks are you could, you could take out blocks on the, on the flight and you have a bed over, over six foot long. So for the tall travellers as well, plenty of space in this sky nest. And it's going to be effectively like a, a nest of bunks, like a triple bunk on either side facing each other. So you can go in and, uh, and book your, your time to sleep. Again, only six people on the entire aircraft. But as this new route is, is so new, they're actually facing some other problems, which I guess wasn't, wasn't expected. And that's the weight coming back from New York to Auckland. Uh, it's a massive headwind and it uh, resulted in them needing to remove all, all cargo. So they couldn't fly with, with any cargo on that. Um, there have been some flights, depending on, on the, the weather, where, where bags were needed to be offloaded. But they were flying with significantly less passengers. So they've got capacity for 275 seats and they were flying and still are with about 50 or 60 spare seats. So this is actually something to tap into. I, I think we all dread the long flight and being squished in the middle, but knowing that there's going to be that many spare seats, the ability to stretch out, I think that's something as travellers we need to be tapping into. But Qantas saw that as an opportunity. So they've been flying Perth to, to Rome and to London, and so they, they, they do the long haul quite well and uh, have announced, almost quietly, if, if I'm honest, I haven't really seen it promoted in many places, but from next year, Qantas are flying from Auckland to New York Direct, taking on Air New Zealand. Now, what does that mean for us? Well, choice, but as we've seen historically, when there's two airlines trying to dominate a certain uh, flight route, it means the prices should hopefully come down. Now, this is only from what I've seen in the past. No one can predict the future with, with where we're going, but this is all great news. So having Qantas and Air New Zealand battling this out, this means for your trip to Canada, East Coast Canada, it, what, a, what a great way to, to be able to come home or just fly straight across New Zealand. You know, the first three hours of your trip is quite easy. You do have the 16 hours. Um, and then from there, you can really tap into getting to Canada or anywhere on the east coast of USA. So all in all, on the other side of COVID, flights across the Pacific to the USA were not as competitive as they have, the, have been in the past. Virgin had a big, big chunk of this flight route. And with that, there was competition. And competition brings the price down. So this is all great news. Having airlines trying to battle it out for the territory, it's only going to benefit the travellers, us. We should expect prices to start tumbling down. The Travel Project with Matt and Katie Coyle. When travelling to Canada, you must explore Alaska. So next, we cruise from Canada to Alaska with Anastasia. We are Alaska. We're actually celebrating 75 years in Alaska. We seriously know every nook, cranny and crevice. Nothing beats the feeling of travel. The first step off the plane, salt water on your skin, sand beneath your toes, a drink in your hand, the list goes on. NIB wants you to enjoy the best parts of travel and help you through any unexpected bumps in the road, whether you're travelling up the coast or overseas. For travel insurance designed for today's travellers, go to nib.com.au slash travel well. 
NIB. Travel insurance to help you on your way. Always read the PDS and TMD at nib.com.au slash travel well to consider if this product is right for you. Insurance issued by Pacific International Insurance. We have here an absolutely amazing lady who I met, Katie and I met, cruising the inside passage with Holland America Line and the key accounts manager in Australia. I'd like to welcome Anastasia. Hello. We're doing an episode today on Canada, but it is impossible to talk only Canada when you're in the area without touching on Alaska and the cruise from Vancouver to the Inside Passage. And yes. after many years in this business and, and, and being so lucky to experience myself, Holland America, know Canada and do it so well. Why is that? We are Alaska. We're actually celebrating 75 years in Alaska. Uh, we seriously know every nook, cranny and crevice. We have more Alaska cruises uh, featuring Glacier Bay than any other cruise line. And we have the grandfather rights in in terms of the ports. So where you are docked in port, which you you saw yourself, it's all Holland America line, all the ships, all the top, all all the the perfect spots to uh, to embark and and disembark. Um, Holland America is there. I love that. It's whenever you walk past or come out of the lobby of a very nice hotel and there's always those fancy cars sitting there and you think, who owns that Rolls Royce or Porsche? But if you're in if you're in Alaska and the best car park, it's it's given to you. It's given to you guys. So after many years, I heard these grandfather rights and and what were they? But it's basically Holland America. You've got the spots and you come in. How you please? We do also have um, a fantastic area that if if clients are wanting to extend their trip and have a land portion to really see. Um, the best of the best uh, of Alaska, we have the chalets. We've got private chalets that are on the footsteps of the Denali National Park. So we receive the most amazing reviews when people do combine the cruise and the land portion together. And some of those experiences that we can do are out of this world. Well, I know that you did, you 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 walked on a glacier. I walked on a glacier. Just, you, that was out of <laughs> this world. Um, I remember that day you were doing uh, the glacier. I went on a seaplane over to the Taku National, uh, well, the Taku Glaciers and their national forest. I went on a hike. That was extraordinary, that seaplane and and being able to really be just in the midst of of, of just really an art gallery for your eyes of of those beautiful uh, glaciers there. And then my husband went fishing. He went salmon fishing. (laughs) <laughs> so and he got one can really, and he and got he, one and he got one. Big one and he got one and you know I, I think that the personalization that we have on Holland America is absolutely wonderful yes he did catch a king salmon and you know it was placed in an esky taken back to the ship and you know they the chefs were able to um you know we, we got a phone call in our uh, stateroom that that evening how would you like you know where would you like to dine with your you know for your salmon how would you like it cooked and it it was such a big salmon that you know apparently we could have had it for three days um so we shared shared that with with the crew but um it's 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 a really lovely experience that you get to immerse yourself in this destination um and it's the wilderness and the wildlife it's just extraordinary the wilderness is out of this world i i to be honest was a little bit skeptical you see imageries and and you see all these experience people had but i thought how how easy is it going to to immerse yourself into the wilderness when you're on a cruise. But the experiences yeah. that we could do were out of this world. So as you said, when I went up to the, the – I was very fortunate enough, Katie and I went on the helicopter 
up to a glacier, went hiking on a glacier, drank the freshest water, you know, I've ever had in my life. The colours and the blues were amazing. But the drive from the ship to the helicopter took 10 minutes. We saw a bear, we saw two bald eagles, and we saw an orca. And it's just, it, it blew me away. That was on the way. That was that was our first port as well. So it it is so accessible by ship and it's such an amazing way to 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 make to to get in there. Now, the best part of it as well is the cruising through Glacier Bay. You're not going to get there any other way. <laughs> no, no way. No, it is. It, it really is the only way to see that beautiful part um, of the world. And the fact that we have our our wonderful guides that get on the ship um, at six a.m. Uh, the morning that we're going to cruise all of Glacier Bay. And, and the knowledge and the stories that they provide us during that beautiful cruise. And I think we were so lucky, Matt, that we had the most amazing weather to be able to see crystal blue skies against the backdrop of those glaciers. That was extraordinary. Amazing. And one thing that it makes complete sense, but I, I, I didn't realise going in, the sun was up to 11 o'clock at night. So those those views they went over at six pm after dinner. After dinner, you can go up and enjoy an after dinner drink on the deck and the beautiful, beautiful weather, clear skies. It, we were very fortunate. And going back a little bit, the the national park guides of Glacier Bay that boarded the ship, they kind of come on a little bit James Bond esque, don't they? They do. They do. They literally are well, pretty much on on a, a little zodiac and, and and climb. You know, we throw we throw the ladder over overboard and and they climb up. So yeah, very James Bond. <laughs> um, it's something that they absolutely love to do, and I, I just think having that experience and and allowing our Holland America guests to, to have um, such an in depth experience, but also very, very. Uh, I would probably say very personable. Like you can go up and chat to these wonderful experts on board throughout the day. Yes, they're doing some fabulous commentary, but this this is a time that you have access to these amazing experts. And that I, I feel that that is the difference that Holland America provides. It was. There were, there were so many differences that, that I got to experience. Who would you say would be a, a perfect for Holland America cruise? And, and what would they expect on board? We are very much for the explorer. So a lot of our clients are well-travelled. They are wanting to continue to explore and not sort of just have the ship as the destination. They obviously want to be immersed in the destinations that they're cruising to. We have on board uh, a fantastic, up on in our crow's nest area, uh, a fantastic uh, area that we have dedicated tour experts, so destination experts. They're not to sell our shore excursions. They are there for our guests to really find out what they need to see in every port that we're going to visit in Alaska. It's very open for anyone to travel with us because it's certainly not, um, you know, as we say in the cruise industry, it's not for the newly wed or the or the nearly dead. Um, it's, <laughs> cruising, cruising is for everyone, and I think Alaska appeals to such a wide demographic that on Holland America Line you have a, a, a wonderful array of people on board. And not to mention the food. You guys do the food well. I think. Oh. I have, I had the best pasta in my life on board at Kinledo. Yes. I also had the best steak in my life as well. So the food is something that Holland America does well. 
So just after we all uh, disembarked, Matt, we actually received an amazing accolade uh, on Conning's Dam that does our seven-day cruise on Alaska that we did win our best food on a cruise line um, with Cruise Traveller. Wow. So it's, yeah, yeah. So, and, and on that specific vessel that we were all on. So uh, it really does show the, the excellence of, of the food that we have. Pinnacle Grill is a specialty restaurant. Uh, I think on average, it's roughly around $40 US per person to, uh, to purchase, um, to obviously go on the, in that particular specialty restaurant. That was a highlight. Anastasia, one thing I'd love to ask you is how many of your ships cruise the inside passage? So we've got three uh, ships that actually cruise the inside passage, Matt. So we've got Conning's Dam, that's 2,600 passengers, New Amsterdam, that is 2,500 passengers, and then we have Volendam, which is 1,900 passengers. They're perfectly sized ships. We're wanting to obviously provide, um, we've got two ships there that are what we call our pinnacle class ships. So they've been launched from 2016 uh, onwards and Volendam is one of our older vessels there that just from memory I think it was 2001 they're, they're absolutely beautiful. Conning's Dam was the one that we were on and 2600 yes. did not feel like 2600 I think with so many restaurants and, and, and little pockets to to relax in everything was spread out um, it was one of the most amazing ships that I've walked through it, it was like a piece of art is this a, like a, would you say a four, is it five-star ship? So Conning's Dam uh, is a five-star vessel. We we are a, a premium cruise line. I, I think that's for, first and foremost is something that we really have to focus on. With New Amsterdam, we're at four and a half stars and Volendam is four and a half stars. So the Conning's Dam is one of our newer vessels there. So um, she does have every bell and whistle. But we, when we talk New Amsterdam and Volendam, the only thing that is really different there is some of the specialty restaurants may not have their own designated area. It may be um, a continuation of one of the other specialty restaurants, more seen as a pop-up restaurant rather than have its own particular or specific space. But other than that, the premium deliverance of service, you know, it really feels like a family on board. All of our all of our staff have been with us forever and they gravitate to particular ships and they love being on them. And you can feel that when you get on board. It does. I actually have our cabin steward on WhatsApp. He reached out just to say good day. Thank <laughs> you. you know, little things like that. It's not yes. just once you get off. And yeah, it, it really did feel like family. You and I didn't know each other until we met on board and, and, and ever since the relationship we've, we've built after has, has been, you know, amazing. And that's what I love about travel, the relationships you, you can build. If we just touch back on the Conigs Dam, um, the five-star yeah. vessel, the nice one, yeah, in my opinion, yeah. I think everyone's got their, their <laughs> I loved it, it was beautiful. What, what price point are we looking for the seven-day seven inside passage? Seven-day inside passage. Uh, an inside cabin, you're looking at $1,300 per person. And a veranda, which we all know, we we experience that together in terms of all of us having a veranda suite on board. That is two thousand and sixty dollars per person. You, you've got to sometimes pinch yourself if you really think about the experience and the location and where you're going to go. All of your transport, your meals, your entertainment, everything's included. Um, it is a great way to start and and end the trip. In the evening, yeah. when we're when the sun is starting to go down. We've had some amazing experiences during the day, seen some amazing wildlife. That's when the, the tunes start, the music starts playing as well. Another good thing about yes. Holland America. 
a lot of our guests grew up listening to live music. So we have created what we call the music walk. So pre-dinner, we have a fantastic classical music experience. So we've partnered with uh, Lincoln Centre Stage. So it's the beautiful orchestra from New York, from Lincoln Centre. We then have partnered with BB King's Blues Club directly from Memphis. And we've flown in these amazing musicians to give you the best Motown blues experience. That particular area has its own dedicated dance floor. And I'm not sure if you were there every night. I know we were, Matt, but um, <laughs> was that has three different sessions and that uh, no one, no one is sitting down at BB King's Blues. We then have billboards, which is extraordinary piano experience so we have the two pianists that are generally dueling so they're always taking requests but um, they do try and take over each other's set and look they'll do different um, sets of Adele that they may go into some Frank Sinatra but it's it's generally trying to celebrate 50 years of fantastic music of each each decade We've also partnered with Rolling Stone magazine, not the band, but this is again another area where we've got live rock. We actually also present a lot of emerging new bands on board. So we're really wanting to cover each genre, but do it in a a really fun way that you can bounce from one venue to the next. And that's why we call it the music walk. And it's been amazing. And the feedback uh, is is sensational. And uh, it's quite unique to Holland America Line. If we're either entering Canada into Vancouver or we're ending our journey in Vancouver, what better way to start or end with our feet up? But not only your feet up, we can we can experience a seven-night inside passage cruise or extend into Denali National Park to the lodges that you also own. We can do everything from wild salmon fishing. We can go and, and uh, have helicopter rides, seaplane rides. You can really immerse yourself into the wilderness or you can just take a leisure stroll in the beautiful little Alaskan towns that we pull up in the very front row as soon as we get into town. On board in the evening, you're going to be dining on some of the best and award-winning uh, food and dining on board, and we can dance the night away if we choose. It's an absolutely amazing way to do it, but it's not only Vancouver and Inside Passage that we can cruise in, into Canada. If we were to end or again start our journey on the other side, we're talking Montreal, or even we've had some time in New York. Again, these borders, they exist, but on an itinerary, we're generally jumping between the two countries. So there's another itinerary that you guys offer over there as well that you do quite well. That's right. So we also uh, we also do some beautiful Canada and New England cruises. And look, they range. We can do a six or eight day getaway. They'll travel from Boston. Of course, you did mention Montreal um, or Quebec City. And, you know, it's a really beautiful way to, to pretty much, uh, you know, cruise into New York. And um, we also have some fantastic, obviously, we're there for the fall uh foliage season so it's a really nice time uh, to be cruising with us in September October for for the school holidays as well. Anastasia this is this is one of the the best ways in my opinion to start or, or end an itinerary because on a holiday you've got to have your break and you've got to put your feet up and not just be go go go. So think of Holland America next time you're you're planning an Alaska or, or Canadian escape. Anastasia thank you so much for joining me today it's been a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. From a week in Bali to a month in Europe, NIB Travel Insurance can offer cover for your overseas adventures. And there you have it. Our time was limited today, so there was only a certain amount 
of destinations and experiences we could talk about. But we highlighted some some pretty amazing opportunities to have in Canada and Alaska and North America. Whether you're cruising the Inside Passage with Holland America or you're adventurous and you're chasing the Northern Lights and the polar bears up at Churchill, Canada and Alaska have something for everybody. So if you would like to look at making this your next holiday destination, please reach out to my team at Melbourne Travel Project. We're a retail leisure-based agency. We have over 64 years combined experience across the team. You can visit us at melbournetravelproject.com.au or come see us in store in Mornington down in Victoria. I look forward to taking you on our next journey on the Travel Project podcast. Thanks to NIB, travel insurance to help you on your way.